It's real. It's real. You know the deal. You know Hey, it's Shantae. And I'm Natalie. And welcome to What's the Deal, a podcast powered by the Norfus Firm. At the Norfus Farm, we solve people problems. We work with folks all around the world on diversity, equity, inclusion, and HR issues. We we took a break. We took a break. A much needed break. Wow. The holidays. Did we even experience all? I feel like it was just a flash. Yeah. Like it just happened so quickly. No, but the break was needed. Yeah. Two weeks. We took off with no work. Disconnected. Mm-hmm. Reset. Yeah. We're in 2023. Ready to like. Man. Yeah. And so we're excited. So today we are going to talk a little bit about the recession, not recession, but these volatile times. Right. Financially, economically, global impact of all of that. And really how that flows into DEI and. And talent and retention and recruiting and all that stuff. Yeah. What's on CEO's mind. Right. So important. We like to start with some data, some some level setting. Mm -hmm. Um, today, we don't necessarily have shared language, but we do have some level setting with some data. Yeah. Um, and I think what really stood out to us as we were thinking about, you know, what's going to be relevant for CEOs right now is this this conversation around the recession, not recession. Yeah. Like, is, are we even in a recession? Like, are the economists and all the people who tell us that we are actually in these different whatever times we're in, are they saying that we're in a recession? Because I feel like it's mixed messages I hear. You're right. You're right. So what we were thinking about today was, we'll just focus on the fact that there is absolutely, undoubtedly, volatile economic times around the world. Yes. And so um, some some stats and a, a really interesting study that really stood out to us was done by the conference board late in 2022, uh, between November and December of 2022. So really, really fresh data. Um, uh, and they surveyed over 1,100 C-suite uh, members and about 700 of those surveyed were CEOs. Mm-hmm. And what the survey sort of aimed to understand is what do CEOs, what are they worried about in 2023 with the idea that a recession might be coming and some people think it's already here, but knowing that there's just a lot of wonkiness going on yeah. uh, with economies around the world. And so an interesting standout from that was a chart that they kind of created where there's like four quadrants um, and those watching will be able to see those four quadrants. We'll put it up for you all. Um, and those listening, the four quadrants looked at low impact, like what issues are sort of low impact, but out there. It's um, kind of external outside factors yeah. that contribute to business. Yeah. What issues did, did CEOs see as high impact? Mm-hmm. And then it also looked at their focus. Mm-hmm. So which issues were they had a high focus on and which issues are they having a low focus on? Right. And there are a number of issues, supply chain, like, but the ones that relate to, to HR, DEI, the work we do, um, were interesting. So when we looked at some issues that CEOs feel like would have a high impact on their business, labor shortages were mm-hmm. one of them. Mm-hmm. Finding talent, right? right? There's still a very tight labor market. People have options. Uh, they're, they're, they're using those options. Yeah. An, a, a high focus issue for uh, CEOs is attracting and retaining talent. Mm-hmm. Now that's always an issue, mm-hmm. but with the way that the pandemic has shifted the workplace, it's, it's a bigger issue. And we hear this all the time, all the time. 
right? And then one of the things that stood out to us, which we'll talk about in another episode, is this idea that focusing on expanding uh, the labor pool to underrepresented groups is a low focus for CEOs. Conundrum. We'll get to that one in, in the next episode. But those areas sort of brought us to today. And so when we're thinking about the retention piece, how do you get people you have to stay? What are some of the things that are currently contributing to people leaving? Number mm-hmm. one, people are burnt out. We know this. We did a whole series on burnout. If you did not catch that burnout series, go, go check, check it, it out. out. Yeah, uh, It was definitely one of our most watched series. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get a lot of feedback about folks feeling like it really spoke to me in terms of what they're experiencing. Yeah, themselves. yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, People are reporting lower levels of mental health, which is which is in some ways people feel like leading to higher use of sick days. So people are not coming to work because they're just not feeling it. Right. Um, and in places where people are physically present, there's a higher incidence of workplace safety issues. Yeah. And then the last piece is lower overall engagement. And, and there are tons of studies out there that, that tell us when your employees are not engaged, they will probably leave. Because when we look at engagement, not to be confused with happiness, engagement is around your commitment, mm-hmm. the grit, right. the willingness you have to go the full mile for the job that you have. So when people are low in terms of an engagement level, they're likely, you know, gonna leave or will leave if someone offers them the right thing. I think an interesting stat that we we saw when we were researching this is that, what is it, like 70%, last year, 70% of U.S. workers were actively thinking about leaving their jobs. Yeah. Actively. Yeah. As in, let the right opportunity show up. Exactly. I'm out of here. <laughs> I, don't want, I do not want to be here. We, I'm going rolling. tomorrow, today, if it shows up. So In five minutes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's 70%. So, that's, oh my God, high. that's so high. And so when you think about that, that segues into mm-hmm. people are still resigning a lot. Yeah. And so that, that sparked a conversation with us on like, can we even keep calling this the great resignation? Like, is this just the, the new norm? Right. Of if people aren't feeling the work environment, if they don't feel like they're being treated right, they don't, they're not getting the opportunities, they're leaving. Right. And so on that note, uh, in 2022, the the biggest age group, people love to blame Gen Z and they love to blame the young. It's a, this thing that always happens. Always. They love to the, blame the youngest workers. Mm-hmm. But the folks that were resigning the most were in the, the groups of 30 to 45. Hmm. And I think what's significant about that age group is those are typically your folks that are going to be moving into the senior levels in the an organization. Yep. And yeah. they're saying we're out. Yeah, like, they want to deal with that. These people are going to drive them crazy. And they're like, no, no, thank you. I just want to do my job. Everyone is just like, I just want to do my job. I don't want to deal with people. Yeah. So that leads to also a few industries hitting, being hit really hard. Uh, When the survey that we looked at was done, it was like mid 2022. um, The industries that had been hit the hardest were finance and tech. Mm, mm -hmm. Each of them, 40% of those surveyed were like looking to leave and Mm. quit before the end of the year. Wow. So, um, the other thing that we always think about, particularly since we're talking to leaders, is, well, what does this cost? A lot. Turnover is, <laughs> turnover is expensive. Yeah. Some, some uh, financial folks estimate that the cost to replace someone is somewhere in the range of six to nine months of their salary. So if someone's making $40,000 a year, it could cost upwards of twenty to $30,000 to replace them. Wow. So there's a real, real 
power behind retention. Yeah. Right. Because it, it again, continuity and, and the like, but it costs a lot of money. Right. Okay. So how do we deal with this? I just, I just, I just set you up for a really like <laughs> tough question here. But just, I, right. Yeah. Um, you know, it, there's a number of ways you can deal with it, but I think the biggest one is getting with your people and understanding where are they right now in terms of, of their wellness, their well-being, and, and what we've seen a lot of organizations are really investing in this culture of, of resiliency. Um, and so it's really focusing on the individual and how do you help them develop their own level of resilience in order to weather the, this kind of volatile period. And so, again, because shared language, we always have shared language, uh, if you've been along this journey with us so far. So what is resiliency? Like, what is resilience? So according to the um, Oxford Dictionary, it's the capacity to withstand or recover quickly from difficulties. Mm. So... Again, we're in a, we're we're in a volatile time. We're in a time where things are uncertain, where folks don't really know what's next, what's going on. Still reeling from the pandemic, um, and so folks are just trying to make sense of, of where they are. And employers really have to pay attention to that. Mm-hmm. They really got to pay attention, or else you'll you see what happens. We experience it. Folks leave. They they have the sick days, as you were mentioning before. They burn out. Um, that that sense of belonging isn't there. They feel to, detached from the organization, which again, any opportunity shows up, they're out because they don't feel connected to the to the workplace or their work. And I think that this goes to what we we've had a lot of opportunity to talk about, which is we have to do different things, yeah. right? And so typically when you're hearing, oh my gosh, there's a recession coming, uh, things can happen, people tighten the belt, they cut corners, right? And, and don't really focus on some of these things that we're talking about because they deprioritize it. Mm-hmm. What the pandemic has shown us is you still need people right. to get the work done. Right. And you have to prioritize people Right. In this process. So when you're talking about this culture of resiliency, it's like it, it, it may feel like it's slowing you down, but you really do need to stop and say, what does resiliency look like for us? And to do that, you also have, like you're saying, have to really check in on your people. Some people are starting to do things like forego engagement surveys and things like that. And it's such a like miss. Mm-hmm. You can't do it. You really have to you really have to deal with the people. To your point, it does feel slow. It feels like, oh, my goodness, because people are coming at it from this place of um, either lack or there's a limited amount of time or availability. It's like that that kind of angsty kind of energy that these employers, CEOs, whomever are approaching their work with. But it's like, no, there's you can still slow down. And in fact, you have to slow down in order to help really enforce and encourage this culture of resiliency. It requires mindfulness. Mm-hmm. It requires like the energy management. It requires the pause, taking breaks. It requires you to really, really slow down in order to to understand the dynamics of what's at play here in your organizations and really get with people so that they want to stay. They want to feel like like they mean something. They want right. to feel like they have value. And unless you actually connect with someone and look at them or find a way to, to be with them, they're not going to feel that way. So yeah, they're going to feel like I can just walk or leave or who's going to care if I take this sick day because nothing really, you know, it doesn't really matter because you're not showing them that they matter. Right. Leadership teams with diverse perspectives, backgrounds, and experiences are a proven driver of innovation and can increase an organization's bottom line. At the Norfus Firm, we are uniquely poised to help you fill executive positions through an equitable and inclusive search process. Reach out through thenorfusfirm.com to learn more. And so we've talked a lot about this idea of showing people they matter with the transparency, with communicating around, you know, where things are going, where things are headed. Uh, I can't 
I cannot emphasize that enough. If it's if it's if you're listening to this and you're in January, February, March of 2023, and you haven't done a sort of state of the union with your employees, acknowledging where things are going well, talking about things that can be improved, I implore you to do it. People want to know that you are thinking about them, one, mm-hmm. two, that you have a direction. Right. And so when you're thinking about resiliency, people have to know what they're being resilient for. Right. Exactly. So, hey, we can withstand and weather the storm, but like, where are we going? They want to know, like, they want a bright future. They want hope. They want to know that there is a silver lining somewhere or there's some place that I, I'm really striving to get to because that's a big part of resiliency. Can I see my way out of this? Right. Is there a future? Is there some place that I can strive to get to? And then that energetically will get them excited and want to do more because they can actually see a path for themselves. If they're just kind of in the murk and mire of it all for what? Right. We did ours. Yeah. We did our business review with the team yesterday. Uh, we looked at our 2022 and what went well and where our opportunities were. We did so along our guiding principles. Mm -hmm. So we have four, um, and we made sure to sort of fit each of our sort of was our work even within our guiding principles. Thankfully it was. Right. And then, um, we took time at the end of last year to think about what is our North star? Yeah. What are we working toward? Because again, we've been very transparent throughout this series that we get tired too. We've had moments of burnout too. Yep. We take the break that we did at the end of the year for that reason. But ultimately, what are we working toward? Right. So that when we wake up every day, we feel like, all right, we have a couple buzzwords that can recenter us if things seem like they're getting wonky. Um, and I think that it was a great opportunity for everyone to sort of give input on what reflections they had uh, over the break. Mm-hmm. Where are we seeing, where are we aligned in terms of the reflections we had, our personal goals for this year? Um, and it just helped sort of tee up what we're doing this year, right? right? Our KPIs, how we're measuring success for ourselves. But it's like, we really were very intentional. And re- I mean, we put a lot of work in last yeah. year, but we were really intentional about making sure we were ready to start this year so that the whole team felt included right. in our in our direction, right. um, that we were able to be transparent about the things we know we need to work on and that we're okay, you know, admitting that. Um, and then allows us now to like hit that ground. You felt the energy, like everyone's like, all right, let's go. And so that's really what we're talking about here is that, look, we don't know everything that's going to happen this year. We know what we're trying to work toward. We'll be able to pivot because we're thoughtful about where we want to go. That allows you to kind of like change, you know, change the, the, the path if you need to. Um, and then puts us all in a position where we are working from a shared understanding of, of what, what, why we're here and what we're trying to do. All right. So culture of resiliency yeah. and building it very intentionally yes. is, is one way um, to start to weather uh, this this uh, retention piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing that we talked about um, is inclusiveness. And <laughs> I think inclusiveness these days deals so much and still with where and how people work. Yeah. Now, one just stat from the, the conference board uh um, study mm-hmm. is that while there's still, we hear, we're still hearing these flashy news stories about, uh, CEOs coming in and demanding that you got to come back in person in a month. And we're all rolling our eyes, like good okay. luck with getting people to come back full time. And sure. like, but what was interesting is from this study is that in the U S only 5% of CEO surveys surveyed and in Europe, only 2% of CEOs surveyed are even making that a priority this year, 
Right. So it seems like a lot of the CEO surveys of those 700 are like, eh, we know that that's not really the ax to grind right now in terms mm-hmm. of trying to get if we are working in an office setting, getting people to come back. But even if people aren't working in an office, thinking around flexibility, yeah. the autonomy piece and people having that ability to have control over how they work is huge to inclusiveness mm-hmm. because it's we've again, I know and we've said it many times. The businesses did not, very few businesses went out of business by letting employees or having to have employees go work remotely. Exactly. We have clients who've been remote for three years now. So it's like, you think you're going to really convince people to like come into an office four or five days a week? Like the flexibility is there. No, so, so when I'm still getting things done, we're, you're actually profitable, right? You don't have the same overhead that you had before having these office buildings everywhere. So for what? Right. What else is what else is part of an inclusive culture and or being inclusive or increasing focus on inclusivity? Yeah, again, it's it's the connection piece. How do you connect to people? Um, how do you where can people feel that sense of belonging? Um, you can't determine that for someone. We talked about this before in prior episodes. We don't know exactly what makes someone feel like they're a part of something, but you can create the container for it. So you can make sure that there's space for folks to show themselves. Maybe there's um, sharing sessions or or opportunities for coffee or things like that. Chats that you have, it can be remote, it can be in person. What we're finding though are little little pockets of teams in various regions want to connect. So people want that. We're human. We need to connect with people. Yep. So it's like create create an environment where folks can get together, even if it's not the entire organization, smaller groups of people so that they still feel like there's some sort of tie or tether to the organization. It's important. All right. So <clears throat> we're in volatile times, not maybe a recession, maybe not yet. TBD. But what's very clear is that no matter where we're going uh, from an economic standpoint, We're seeing a lot of what seem to be permanent shifts Mm -hmm. in these workplaces that are keeping CEOs up at night because how do we attract and retain? Attract is what we're going to talk about next. But the retain piece, as we talked about today, um, really focuses on intentionality. So number one, really big, creating a culture of resiliency that includes a North Star, that includes a place where people understand like the value and the reason why they should stay. And then the second piece is around inclusivity. I mean, now more than ever, this is where leaders really need to be spending that time in terms of, again, what flexibility, autonomy can you offer people and how they do their work? How do you create the human connection or the container for it, using your term there? Mm -hmm. Um, Big part, two big parts. There's many other things, but those things, I think, are the baseline uh, for moving forward. We're going to be talking about how you attract this talent in this conundrum of not expanding your talent pool. Um, And we really, we're happy to have you and we're glad to be back from our break and more to come. See you soon.